Well, just get a government job. You'll always have a paycheck. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, yes, we're hearing from people who need a major overhaul. Not just a spring tune-up, but a major overhaul. We're going to talk about some of those today. we got some cool things to cover today. I'm going to tell you how you can win a house, how you can get your student loans paid off, and a whole lot more. Well, here's some of the questions that we'll be looking at today. Dan, I'm an exempted or furloughed federal employee during this and previous shutdowns. This means I have to report for work every day until the end of the shutdown. Well, we go on from there. We're going to help this guy look at some alternatives, which he is certainly ready to consider. Dan, I'm a 45-year-old single mom who has worked in the mental health field for several years. I'd like to make a career change, but I'm afraid to do so. How about this one? I'm a doctor, and words cannot express how much I hate it. And this one, Dan, I have a very interesting job as I'm a life coach hired by a company to coach their employees to reach their personal and professional dreams. What should I do next? All right. Good mix of question. Great stuff we can all learn from. We're going to plow into that. Got some good news coming up here. Here's our quotation for today. Comes from Robert Downey Jr. Who said, I've noticed that worrying is like praying for what you don't want to happen. I like that. Worrying is like praying for what you don't want to happen. So my question is, how much time are you spending worrying? Is that, in fact, a form of praying for what you don't want to have happen? I like that. Well, got some. Uh, got a note for you. We got an open house coming up in the Eagles community. You hear me talk about that a lot. A whole lot of you are already members over there. But uh, we're going to have this next Monday, we're going to have an open house, which means you can just listen in on an open call that we're going to have. That's going to be at 2 o'clock Central on Monday, January 28th. So coming up soon, depending on when you're listening to this, you can find the information on that. Just go to 48dayseagles.com slash open house. We're going to be talking about that. We'd love to have you take a peek inside. Talk to some of the other people that you hear me talk about here. The stories coming out of there are pretty astounding. Some very, very fun stuff happening there. Well, our business partner today is FreshBooks. Now, this is the time of year where you ought to be able to be able to look back at 2018 and see exactly what you did. My bookkeeper was here yesterday. We went through things. Some pretty interesting things came out. Here's something that's interesting. And the reason I can get this information quickly is because of how we keep the accounting records, how I keep the accounting records up to date, at least monthly. Now, I don't do this every day, but monthly where I can take a quick look and know exactly what we did. That's why I recommend fresh books. But anyway, my bookkeeper was here yesterday. One of the interesting things, I am an author. I'm a writer. I have been blessed with books that have done really well out there. So you can all assume that I get those big fat checks every month because of the royalties in my books. Well, it doesn't really happen that way. You'd be amazed at how little I get. And here's here's just kind of to put it in perspective. And this has to do with taking a quick look at my books. 
Less than 3% of my income last year came from advances and royalties in my books. Less than 3%. Now, what that means is if I were just living on the income from books that I've written, um, Joanna and I would not be living where we are, how we are, do the things that we do. But I've taken the message of the books and leveraged it in other ways. Now, you hear me talk about that in terms of the Venn diagram. I recommend you do the same. I love talking to authors to encourage them, give them hope and inspiration about what they can do. But it's not going to be because you're getting a lot of money from selling books. Books just let people know about the other things that you do. Well, we'll address that more another time, perhaps. So if you're in business... What are you doing to keep your books straight? Why not make things a little easier? Our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. You hear me talk about invoicing, how easy it is to shoot those invoices out where you know exactly when somebody opens it. People tend to, because they know you're seeing that, they tend to pay on the spot. I mean, I receive invoices like that through FreshBooks from different vendors, and I usually click on it and pay it instantly. I don't want there to be the perception. Well, Dan saw it, but now it's been a week that's passed. No, I want them to know if I saw it, it was paid instantly. And it's so easy to just click through and do that. Well, those are the kind of things you can do with FreshBooks. Over 24 million people now using FreshBooks. You can try it free for 30 days. No catch, no commitment, no obligation. Don't even need to put in a credit card. Just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Now, now I've got another resource too, and I'm going to tie this into one of the questions coming up. But I want to, this is a resource. If any of you are thinking, maybe it's too late to find work you love. We got a resource for you. Go to 48days.com slash old. Just real simple, 48days.com slash old. It takes you back to an episode I did where I addressed that and gave you some resources there. But just check it out if you have any perception at all. You know, it's funny. I talk to people who are 27 years old who say, Dan, I majored in the wrong thing in college. And they give the implication that now they just have to kind of hold their breath and coast into the grave. Are you kidding me? aren't even old enough to ask the right questions yet. Don't think your opportunity has passed. Same way if you're 55 and thinking about retirement. Boy, not too old to find what it is you really want to do. I mean, I work with a lot of people who may be in their late 50s where we take a fresh look. How has God gifted you? What are the things you bring to the table? What is the maturity that you bring, all the unique skills that you have developed over the years? Wow, you can take a fresh look at all of that, put together a clear plan, and go into the most productive 20 years of your life. I mean, that's typically how it happens. Well, let's jump into some good news here. Got an interesting piece here. There's a lady in Canada who has this magnificent house. It's $1.7 million valuation. And she hasn't been able to sell it, so she decided she's going to give it away. So here's the deal. All you have to do is write a letter and include 25 bucks. So this is one of those kind of cool things every once in a while. I mean, I talked about one, I think it may have been last year, maybe the year before. Somebody was giving away a farm in like North Carolina. The same kind of thing, essentially a raffle. But you send in your information, your case for why you're a good candidate for it, along with in it. It varies, maybe $100 or whatever. This is 25 bucks. Now, I think this is going to be hard to pull off, frankly. But uh, you can you can check it out. Golly, just check out $1.7 million home and 
Canada being given away. You'll find the link there. She doesn't want to make the modifications to make it easier for her to, to navigate. So she's decided that she's just going to accept letters, write a letter, win a house. So she's going to scan all of these. If she gets 68,000 submissions, then she'll in fact have the 1.7 million and she'll award that to somebody who paid $25. Now I, I'm, that would be a stretch. I mean, I'll keep track of this, but I don't think she's going to be able to do that. 68,000 is a whole, a lot of applications. I mean, if she had, it'd be a $300 fee and only needed, you know, 150 submissions or so. Well, the math wouldn't work on that, but fewer submissions, you might have a chance. I doubt she's going to make this work. What that means. Now, these are tricky kind of things. You can't just jump out there and start collecting money from people. This is a raffle. There are state and national laws concerning these things. So don't think you can just uh, take the old car you got sitting on your property as an example. You know, this story did remind me of a, you know, just a humor piece that I've used over the years. It, it kind of reminds me of it because theoretically you could think, well, this lady could get 68,000 submissions. She's got her 1.7 million. And then the person she draws says, well, we can't really make that work. You know, just take us out of the contest. And she gives them their 25 bucks back. Well, that's not going to happen either. Believe me, that, that somebody would be looking over her shoulder. But I've got a joke that kind of relates to that. This is the deal. A city boy moved to the country and bought a mule from an old farmer. The farmer agreed to deliver the mule the next day. So the next day, the farmer drove up and said, man, I'm sorry, but I got some bad news. The mule died. And the city boy says, well, just give me my $100 back. The farmer says, man, I can't do that. I just I went and spent it already. So he says, okay, we'll just unload the mule. What are you going to do with a dead mule? I'm going to raffle him off. You can't raffle off a dead mule. Well, sure I can. Watch me. I just won't tell anybody he's dead. So a month later, the farmer met up with the city boy and asked, whatever happened to that dead mule? I raffled him off. I sold 100 tickets at $2 a piece, made a $98 profit. Didn't anyone complain? The only person to complain was the guy who won. So I gave him his $2 back. Well little humor piece to tie in with the previous story about giving away a house. Fun things that can be done. Get creative. Golly, if you've got a house you want to sell or you want to uh, do something, it could be a car or whatever. There are creative ways that you can do that for sure. Get creative. That's what we're all about here. Well, here's a, a fun good news piece. Natural Light Beer wants to apologize for the hangovers It's caused college students by paying off millions in student loan debt. Now, this is a real deal, and I'll tell you how you can enter this contest. Natural Light, it's a division of Anheuser-Busch. They announced they're going to be giving away $10 million over the next 10 years to eliminate student loan debt. They Now, obviously, this is a, a PR ploy. This is a marketing tool that they're using to get so it's it's marketing dollars they're spending to do this but in theory they're saying oh we're so sorry for creating those hangovers not only did did you leave college with a hangover and not knowing what you learned but now you get student loan as debt as well we're going to help pay that well they really are they, they last year in 2018 they divided up one million dollars between 25 college students who applied for the donations by submitting videos about why they decided to go to college. So this year they're going to kick it off, give away another million, and they're going to do that for the next 10 years. Now this year they're going to divide it among 70 students. So that's a pretty good chunk 
a million bucks divided by 70. And what you can do is just tell them why you decided to go to college. Now, what you do is you get a natural light product, hold up that product as you do it. If you want to check it out, I mean, all they require is that you share a video of yourself telling us your inspiration for going to college with the green tab of one of their products. You can go to naturallight.com. Check it out. The contest is right there. If you're over 18, you can enter that contest. That'd be really cool to have one of you listeners uh, win a chunk of money to pay off student loan debt because you entered that contest. I'd love to hear your story. Well, here's another way to pay off your student loans. I mentioned this some time ago. One of those kind of odd things. If you move to Maine, the state will pay part of your student loan debts. Now, in Maine, the median age is 44 years old. That's pretty old as a median age. So what they want to do is they want to coax more young people into coming there for the workforce. Now, to me, this is a pretty big um, trade-off to go live where it's cold 10 months out of the year or whatever. But if you're attracted to that kind of thing, you can get a whole lot of benefits if you move to Maine, if you have student loan debt. Now, it's basically in tax credits, so it's a little complicated how it works, but it really could be a big deal if you have student loan debts and want to get rid of it. Go live there. You know, there are other kind of programs. If you go into certain federal kind of jobs or volunteer jobs or nonprofit jobs, there's a whole lot of or educational jobs. There's a whole lot of things that will give you some relief on your student loan debt. This is a kind of letter that we get here at 48 days, pretty much every day of the year. Now this comes from a lady. Well, I won't give you a whole lot of details, but uh, she's, well, she's 53 years old. She is a lady. Here's some of the information that she gave us in a request for coaching. I'm a doctor and words cannot express how much I hate it. I went to medical school later in life due to illness when I was younger. And so I don't know, let's say I don't want to give away any particular dick details here. Um, why are you considering a job change? Because I hate feeling controlled by people with an entire entitlement mentality who don't care if they suck the life out of me. I hate that my medical decision making is being controlled by government bureaucrats. I hate that this is a profession where you are regarded as weak for attending to normal body functions like eating or going to the bathroom. I hate that I have a target on my chest for lawsuits. And she goes on and on. Um, I live, check this out. This is what I wanted to share. I live pretty frugally, but still have $280,000 in student loan debt at age 53. $280,000. Well, I mean, how in the world can you go down that path that far and then to get a degree to put you in a profession that you absolutely hate? I mean, what a sad, sad scenario. You know, what is her best option? Continue working as a doctor to pay the debt off. Now, that's debt. I mean, that doesn't go away with bankruptcy. It doesn't matter what you do. And here's, here's the sad thing. She's 53 years old. In 12 years, she's going to be eligible for Social Security. If she wants to retire, you know what's going to happen? They're going to garnish her Social Security income. Now, I've seen that happen. I saw that happen with my mother-in-law who at 71 years old still had student loan debt that hadn't been taken care of. And they were in fact going to do that. Her social security check was going to be like $460 a month. I mean, not very big anyway, 
because she never earned a lot of money. And they were going to garnish part of that because she had student loan debt. Now, I negotiated a settlement on that, paid it off when she was 71 years old. I mean, how sad is that? Well, there's some things. There's an article in Huffington Post right now about what happens to your body when you hate your job. I mean, those that, that takes its toll. If you hate your job that much, it's not just a, a temporary kind of angst. This is a debilitating thing in terms of what happens to your body. Here's some of the things listed in this article that happens to you when you hate your job. You can't sleep. You get headaches. Your muscles ache. Your mental health gets work. You get sick more often. You lose interest in sex. You're tired all the time. Your stomach is acting up. Your appetite changes. Wow, if those are some of the symptoms that you're experiencing, my goodness, make a change. I mean, work it in so you can take breaks. Reframe your negative thinking. Leave. You know, one of the things that I've been doing in just my work, like right now, I'm standing. I've realized just a change. I mean, I love my work. I mean, you all know that. But but sitting at a computer looking at a a screen all day for eight, eight hours, that in itself can take a toll. So I've got a little stand-up desk, and uh, so I spend a lot of time standing, especially like when I'm speaking or doing interviews like this. So make sure you're taking control, that you're not getting sucked down some kind of drain hole because you're allowing things to creep into your workday that are going to destroy your health. Wow. Hey, here's a little, here's a little clip that'll kind of tie into this. Every single day, cause I love my occupation. Hey, I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. Hey, I'm on vacation. Every single day, cause I love my occupation. Well, there you go. That's what you want. You want every day to feel like a vacation because you love your occupation. That old clip there, yeah, I forgot who did that. Dirty heads. Dirty heads. Their little piece. Vacation. Well, we'll move on, but uh, you got to enjoy your work. I mean, we, we start off at the beginning, taking care of business, you know, where the, the leading talks about if you need a tune-up, golly, this is a place where people are figuring this thing out, how to find or create work that is enjoyable, purposeful, meaningful, profitable, all those cool things. Hey, there's too many options to sell it for less. A couple of the questions here are going to deal with that as well. Now, I got this note from a guy, and the lead-in was, get a government job. You'll always have a paycheck. That I started off at the top of the podcast today. It says, hi, Dan. I am an exempted, furloughed federal employee during this and previous shutdowns. This means I have to report for work every day until the end of the shutdown. I've never missed a paycheck in 16 years until now. I've done well, but not as well as I've wanted to. I'll be paid for all the hours of work, just don't know when. I filed for unemployment benefits. It should start next week. I'm writing you to let you know I'm not going to let this happen again. Exclamation point. I've explored the concept of becoming a coach for far too long. I've been plagued with imposter syndrome, a fear of failure, a fear of success, and a fear of the unknown. You know what else he's been he's been held back by? the sense that there's guarantee if you have a government job. Well, anyway, he continues. I'm launching my coaching business with 15 hours per week model you teach. My goal is to replace my current salary with coaching. By the end of 2019, I'm in the beginning phase of content creation, blogging, may even try my hand on a podcast. I'm writing this email to me as well. I'm not going to be caught flat-footed again. 
I'm not going to let the golden handcuffs hold me any longer. I'm not going to quit with only four years until I can draw my pension, but I'm going to use this time to build my side hustle to fund my retirement. Thanks for your encouragement and all you do. God, I love that letter. I love that perspective. Now there's still some, uh, God, there's still some interesting pieces in there. So you have four years left until you can draw your pension. Now I, I can, I can go with that. I mean, four years passes quickly, but wow, that's a long time. If you really are not feeling fulfilled, if you really think there is a better opportunity out there, that's still a long time just to hang in there and watch the clock pass so you can then collect in that pension. Now on a related note, last week, I shared a note from somebody that I know well who said he's about three months from quitting his job. He really would like to quit on like the 1st of March, quit his job. And then he found out about a parental benefit that's retroactive. So he and his wife had a baby the end of last year. And this new benefit allows for one month off even as a daddy. And he said, wow, he hates to walk away from that one month off that he could get paid for. But then the question was, is there some kind of an ethical obligation to staying after you take that one month off? I mean, it'd be yeah, kind of kind of nappy to take that month off and then come back to work and the first day say, hey, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. And I implied that if he should choose to take that month at the of parental pay, yeah, there's probably a subtle implication that he ought to stay like maybe another six months. And I didn't recommend that. I said, man, don't let this little dangling carrot deter you from what you know you really want to do. Well, he replied back, thanks for taking time to answer my question. The letter of law versus the spirit of law really spoke to me. I think in my mind, I've been trying to justify how long I need to stay for it to be ethical. That's not where my focus should be. It should be in getting my dream of being a business owner off the ground, not delaying it any further. Thank you for the reminder. I believe God will bless my efforts as I pass on this free money since it's for the right reasons. Well, yep, pass on that little carrot they dangled out there, a free month. Man, move on with your dream. Golly, when, it, when you get clear on what it is you're moving to, those little enticements or even about the things that have happened in the past pale in comparison. But to put your dream on hold just because you're going to get a little bonus as a result of doing it, nah, too big a price to pay. I don't recommend that at all. Well, hey, just a reminder here, these are real-life questions coming in from you, the listeners. I love doing hearing these, love going through these. It makes my time worthwhile. I love digging into these questions every week. If you got a question or a success story you want to share, just shoot it into me at askdan at 48days.com. It's the easiest way to do it, askdan at 48days.com. That's the same one. You know, a whole lot of other people discover that. It still amazes me. The request I get for being guest on here, for reviewing books, for writing content for our site, all those kind of things. But that's okay. I weed through those to get to these golden questions that you all ask that we can share here. Well, Tina says, I'm a 45-year-old single mom who's worked in the mental health field for several years. I've also worked as a special education teacher. I love working with children, but I felt extremely unfulfilled working as a social worker or teacher. I feel stuck working as a teacher. I'd like to make a career change, but I'm a little afraid to do so. Do you have any suggestions? 
Yes, I do. Here's, here's the deal. At 45 years old, you have more to offer than you did when you were 25 years old. You have developed work skills and abilities, you know, unique kind of things, personal maturity, responsibility, work ethic, and all those things that are appealing to employers. So all those things work to your advantage. It's healthy at any given time to draw a line in the sand and say, what am I a candidate for? You know, one of the things that I often ask people, if you were to look at the job or business that you have today, if all of a sudden you did not have that, would you apply for that job that you have now? Or would you start the business you have now? If the answer is no, then you need to be looking at some kind of an exit plan to allow you to transition or change. If you really got up on Monday morning and would not apply for the job that you're going to, it raises a red flag. Why are you going there? Now, the positive flip side of this is with unemployment like it is, you are in the driver's seat. My grandson just moved here, staying with us here in Franklin, Tennessee, and wants to be involved in the music industry, so he's moved here. And just driving around, well, you know, we've done a couple of drives. It is amazing when you're looking for it. It's that reticular activator thing. How many places have signs out that they're hiring? I mean, pretty much every place. If it's Home Depot or Lowe's or McDonald's or Taco Bell, you know, we went to Chipotle. Wow. On the door before you walk in. Signs. They're hiring. I mean, if you got $45,000, you know, assistant manager positions and they're asking for people to apply. We went to the movie and you go into the men's room and on both sides of the door. There's a long list of positions they're hiring for. Stopped in at Lifetime Fitness. They have a long list of places they're hiring for. My grandson's already starting to to figure out, well, if he worked at Lifetime Fitness, he'd have free access to the gym and probably other amenities there. If he got a part-time job at the theater as well, he'd have access to free movies. This is pretty cool. But he's amazed everywhere you go, people are wanting to hire you. If you show up and have a smile on your face, a spring in your step, you're going to get a job offer. Now, does it match what you want? Well, that's another story. You have to be clear on what it is you bring of value and make sure that you take an opportunity, which is part of my coaching to him. You know, don't just take the first thing you're offered and get you stuck in something below your competence, but just keep looking. Go to the places where you have skills that you would like to have complement what that company does so many places. Now you can do that, Tina, as a 45 year old single mom, you can do that. You ought to be able to, to identify clearly. What are your unique skills and abilities? What are your personality traits? How do you relate to other people? What kind of environments are you most comfortable in? What are those recurring values, dreams, and passions that you have from those? Look at what would those allow themselves to be blended into what kind of work would embrace those things you know about yourself. That's where you find a new area of focus. You don't have to be stuck as a special ed teacher or in a mental health field. Now you may find something that's kind of a, a tangent of that. I mean, John and I last night were at a dinner party where our guests were telling about their vision for a new counseling center here in Franklin. Now it's not new 
The business is not new. They're very established, very successful, very high reputation, but they want to, they're starting a capital campaign to raise $6.8 million for a new facility. I've taken an option on a piece of land, seven acres, and are going to build out a new facility. We think it's a beautiful vision, but it's going to be the kind of place for counseling, unlike what you normally experience, you know, in a poor part of town, drab environment, you walk into a waiting room, and there's a bunch of other sad people sitting in chairs. That's not this place at all. You can choose what kind of a waiting area. If you want to be by yourself, they've got that. If you want to sit with other people and talk, you can do that. If you want to go out in the property and walk through waterfalls and walk the labyrinth before you go into your appointment, you can do that. If you want to bring in a teenager, but you got three younger children with you, you'll have a play area for that. Anyway, you know, there, there are unique things happening when you take the generic title, special ed, or a teacher or mental health professional. You know, we, we can look at a generic application of that. But here's an example. You know, you may be tired of working in the public school system. And I don't know what environment you're in. But if we say public school system, you may think about teaching the sixth grade, you know, here in Nashville, where you've got 43 unruly kids and you don't have administrative or parental support and you got to be a policeman to manage that. That's one application. You could be a teacher teaching six children of IBM employees living in Acapulco, you know, in a beautiful environment. You I mean that the same title, but just a very, very different environment. That's where you get creative about looking where were your skills fit in an environment that embraces what you know about yourself. So that's what you need to do. And you can do that. I mean, go through. If you don't have a copy of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I'd be delighted to get you a complimentary copy of that. I'll check with you on that. But that's what you need to do. Look inward first. 85% of the process of having a confidence of proper direction comes from looking inward. So look inward at what you already know about yourself, what God has already told you about those desires of your heart. Those are things to validate. And those are things you can do in a way at 45 that you did not have the information to do intelligently when you were 18 or 19 years old. Now, you can also pick up that resource that I talked about, 48days.com slash old where you'll be comforted. It's not too late to find work that you love. There's a lot of resources out there and a lot of organizations that are looking for people who have a little more life experience. The 50 plus career fairs are the hottest thing going out there. Companies are desperately looking for people who have the work ethic of those who are a little more experienced and mature than those just coming in at the front end of the workplace. Well, keep me posted on that because certainly you can. And the thing is, you don't have to jeopardize what you're doing now. If you're in a school system, here we are, you know, late January, you're probably committed to go through like May anyway. Use that period of time to do the exploration so you then have a plan and don't have to go back in in the fall into the environment that you're trying to move on from. All right, let me grab let me grab another one here. Okay, Jerry says, uh, I have a very interesting job as I'm a life coach hired by a company to coach their employees to reach their personal and professional dreams. Boy, the, right off the bat, I want to say, what a, what a cool opportunity. I mean, that's not real common. Usually life coaches are independent, so they have to get their clients one at a time. To have a position with a coach, for one thing, it really speaks to how cool a company this is to have somebody who's a life coach to help those people who work there achieve their personal and professional dreams. You know, there's a book out there, it's called Dream Manager, and it really addresses that and how successful that is to have a company 
helping their employees achieve their personal dreams. I mean, that's not counterintuitive at all. If somebody wants to buy a house and has never been able to do that. Wow. Help them do that. Just as something you do is having them as an employee. If somebody is in debt, help them get out of debt. I mean, those are things you do that create loyal, long-term employees. So that's a cool position. So Jerry says, after doing this for the past four years, I'm starting to look at what to do next. One idea I'm considering is starting a podcast around what I do, partly for value added for my company, partly because I want to have more fun and adventure in my life, and partly to start to develop a secondary income or open doors to more income. For now, it's called Bucket List and Bacon, but all that could change. I'd love to hear from current podcasters on this. Now, Jerry's a part of 40 Days Eagles community, so he's going to get a lot of feedback there as well. I'm sure he posted it there. I can devote, well, he says he wants to get started. Um, yeah, I know it'll take time and effort to get going, but any advice or suggestions? Well, absolutely. If you're already working as a life coach, a podcast can be a very, very great addition. Now, podcasting is not for everybody. I mean, podcast numbers have exploded, obviously, because there's really no obstacle to entry. But now it's gone very quickly from being about 50,000 to over 500,000 podcasts that are out there. Everybody's recognizing that podcast listeners, I answered, I responded to somebody's question this morning just privately because he was asking about sponsors for podcast. And, you know, does it have to be something that you really believe in? so on and so forth. Well, I said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I just got this morning, I have a list here of requests for sponsors on this podcast for a protein bar, uh, vitamins, medication for migraines, travel luggage. Um, You know, those are the kind of things I get requests all the time. No, I'm very, very selective about who I'm going to promote here. But if you do promote somebody, then obviously that can be a revenue stream. But the primary revenue stream from having a podcast, Jerry, is the other things that it leads to. You hear me talk about events that we have, about coaching that we have, about our coaching mastery program. You hear me talk about the 48 Days Eagles. I mean, that's the primary reason. That's the primary benefit to me personally for the podcast is that it introduces people to things to go way, way deeper in terms of finding or creating the work that they love. Well, hey, good luck with that. Let, let me just, uh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just wrap with this. We'll just make this kind of a, a beginning of the year uh, shortened version here. We don't need to go the full length. I've been exploring that again. You know, do I need to be 48 minutes? In surveys that we've done with you, the listeners, it, it always comes back overwhelmingly, I wish it were longer. Now, I appreciate that. I appreciate the affirmation. But a lot of podcasts that I listen to, like on a treadmill in the morning, you know, I may listen to two or three that are like 30 minutes long. So, you know, I've toyed with the idea of tightening it up, making it a little shorter. But uh, until we get clear feedback from you, the listeners, it's probably still going to be around the 48 minute mark. Today, we'll just make it a little shorter. So I want to just end with this, reminding you again, we're going to have an open house. We want you to be able to kick the tires, so to speak. You know, being a car guy, sure, if I'm going to buy a car, I want to drive it around a block before I lay down the money for it. We're going to let you see inside the 48 Days Eagles. I want you to see some of the awesome things that are happening in there and how people are 
accelerating their success just exponentially. So this open house coming up on Monday, January 28th at two o'clock central is where you can just log in. It'll be a zoom link. You can just log in. You'll see a whole lot of people there. You can be there as well. You don't have to say anything. We aren't going to put you on the spot, but you can see, get a sense of what happens when people have open access like that. They ask great questions, share ideas and resources, and everybody's success notches up a few rungs. So check it out. 48 Days Eagles. There you go. Well, hey, let's move into this. Just to let you know again, this is a great time of the year. You know, I say that any month of the year, any day of the year. You know, this last Monday was actually called Blue Monday. The third Monday in January is scientifically calculated, supposedly, to be Blue Monday. It's where people regret the money they spent like at Christmas, recognize the debt they have. They recognize another new year started and they aren't hitting the goals that they wanted to. There's just, the weather is usually cold and dreary. The combination of those things, they call that Blue Monday. I mean, the one day out of the year, Blue Monday. Well, you don't need to have a Blue Monday. You can be in the driver's seat. Make it a sunny Monday. You know, the old Stephen Covey kind of principle. Carry your sunshine inside you. It doesn't matter what it's doing outside. Carry your sunshine inside. Well, hey, we want you to be able to put yourself in the driver's seat. And this is a great time to do that. Whether it's to get a promotion, a new job, start your own business. I can't think of a time where it's been more advantageous, easier for you to move in that direction. Let us know what we can do to help. Send your questions in again to askdan at 48days.com pick up our resource 48days.com slash old if you're concerned about maybe it's too late and then check out the open house coming up again that link is 48dayseagles.com slash open house 48dayseagles.com slash open house hope to see you there if you're there raise your hand tell me your podcast listener you heard me talk about it here and we'll talk about the fun things that you can do as a participant there in the eagles community so that being said We love seeing people who are taking action, who in fact are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. 